Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, your host here at CraftCast.com, and on today's show, I'll be talking with Ms. Cynthia Tinapple from Polymer Clay Daily, plus lots of apps to share with you and some other fun summertime stuff, so let's get started. Show number 182. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh-oh, I'm gonna dig within myself, uh-oh. Life may be never what you think But I think I'll just go with it And create something new Just get yourself right into your chair Come on, listen, you can learn To create something new It starts inside you Well, hello, 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 everyone out there. Oh, thank you for listening to another show here from the CraftCast studio. We've been really busy this month of June. Uh, We've had so many live classes of amazing artists. If you're not familiar yet with the live events and the recorded events we have, uh, go check it out at www.craftcast.com. So many great teachers sharing all their information in the crafting world for you to check out. But this week I have, oh, some other things I've been enjoying. It's summertime. You know, summertime I always find gives you permission to do fun things. Uh, One of the things I spend more time doing is gardening. And I went off to a wonderful store called Terrain uh, in Connecticut. And I went specifically because there was, uh, it's a mixture of a gardening store, home goods, uh, just beautifully designed, really fun to go visit. And there was a man there, his name is David L. Culp, C-U-L-P. Come over to the CraftCast site, you'll get all the links. And he is master gardener for sure. And he was having a book signing. So I thought, oh, I'd love to go over there and uh, see his book and, and hear him speak. And there were just a few of us sitting there. So I got to spend quality time with Uh, David, hearing about how he does his garden, which his book is called A Layered Garden. Uh, And I love that look where it just is constantly in bloom and constant color and just lush and fantasy and walking through just a visual treat. Uh, And that's a lot of work to get that. (laughs) So I went over there to be inspired. And oh, did I learn something big? I'm going to share it with all of you because it applies to all of your artwork, which is the permission again to play, which I'm pretty good at that in my studio with uh, my art supplies, etc. But I had forgotten about that in the garden. So uh, I started my garden from scratch and now it's matured. So there's lots of plants that have come in, but there's a lot of plants that reseeded and came in that I'm not particularly fond of and are sort of taking over this one area called Fern Alley. (laughs) And all the ferns have sort of taken over some beautiful plants I'd put in. You can't really see them anymore. But I just thought, well, you know, can't, that's how it goes. They're filling in. And, you know, David said, you don't have to have the ferns, rip them out. You don't have to keep them just because they grew. Well, that was a light bulb moment like, wait a minute, I can change it. I don't have to have it. Like you don't have to use the same furniture you inherited from your parents and you don't have to use um, art supplies that you don't really like or all those different things. I hadn't applied it to my garden. And so I raced home and still sort of dressed in nice clothes. I went out there and started ripping out these ferns. 
Next morning, put on some more appropriate clothing, continued, and I left some in the back where they belonged, but I took them all out in the area. I know it sounds so silly, but oh, was it freeing. And uh, it's changed my whole approach again towards gardening that I can play with design out there as well and move things around. And just because something grew in, I don't have to keep it. And I can edit. That's what's important. I can edit. We know how important editing is everywhere else. And I forgot about it in the garden. So I share that with all of you in case you're thinking about that. Uh, His book is called A Layered Garden. And it's lovely. I was very inspired re-inspired back out in the garden. So I share that with all of you. I also found if you're into, I know so many of you now have your iPads and your iPhones and other smartphones. Uh, So these are two little apps I've enjoyed. One is called Kaleidomatic. Oh yes, a kaleidoscope. Oh, it is very inspiring. I just say it's for, I think like 99 cents uh, or $1.99, something, you know, very inexpensive. Get it on your iPad or your iPhone, but I put it on my iPad and it changes whatever your video camera is looking at into a kaleidoscope pattern of which then you can move and play and change and then take, of course, a screenshot, a picture. Oh, geez, lots of visual inspiration uh, and fun to play around with. Got my brain thinking. So I recommend that one highly. And then... I don't play with games that much anymore because I have enough other things to fill my time. But something about summertime and sitting outside on the deck at the end of the day, and uh, I started cruising around on my iPad, and I found this game called Dots, a game about connecting. And that's what it is, uh, which I always like to play uh, um, Connect the Dots when I was little. And this is about the speed of connecting similar colors. <laughs> I'm not doing well at it, but (laughs) I think there is a little uh, additive to it. It sort of revs your brain up. It works a little like caffeine, I feel. So I think it has uh, health qualities. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just a fun little game. So I recommend that uh, to all of you out there as a fun little treat. Uh, And then one other book I want to talk to you about right now, because our guest today, Cynthia Tinapa, will talk about it, her new book, Polymer Clay, Global uh, Perspectives. If you've wanted to start playing around with Polymer Clay, uh, oh, this is a treat, this book. Even if you just want to just find out more about a medium and you're not even up to playing with it yet, you'll get inspired by all her uh, artists that she shows in the book and different projects, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it's a goodie. I'm just telling you, it's a goodie. You'll want to look through it and enjoy. Uh, again, you can find that link over at craftcast.com. So if you're you're walking, running, or driving and listening, don't worry about writing it down. Just come over to the site and you will see all those links. So there you go. Now, before we get started with Ms. Tinapple, I have a piece of music today by Mr. Al Lewis singing Waiting for You. So enjoy that and come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Cynthia Tinapple. Words tend not to go I just keep on riding till the ink won't flow Some might say that I'm not quite sane But I don't have a tendency to have much shame So if you're like me, got a passion for song All you can hope is someone sings along You might 
So I'm back to talk to a friend of mine. Oh, yes, we go back in this crazy world of blogging, etc. I am talking today to Ms. Cynthia Tinapple herself from Palmer Clay Daily to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I was reading this. I had to count on my fingers how many years. It was a little scary. Cynthia's been blogging since 2005. I believe I have as well, Uh, which means it's a lot of years. And you've been creating with Palmer for over 20 years. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I know, it's Time a little flies. bit crazy. I know. But wait, yeah. before we get into everything else, I was thinking, why did you start blogging? Oh, <laughs> I was doing, I've been a communicator forever, and I was doing a newsletter at my job, and I had to go to my boss. <laughs> I work for the state of Ohio, and um, the newsletter was printed by the penal system. <laughs> And I had to tell him the newsletter was going to be late because the printer was on lockdown, oh, and God. which meant it was going to be late. And 
Meanwhile, you know, things like Prodigy and AOL were coming out, and you could do things snap, snap, snap. Right. And here I am stuck with a newsletter whose information is like a month and a half late. <laughs> so I thought, this is ridiculous. And so when I saw what blogging was, I thought, now we're talking. I mean, it just clicked. And did you blog well, for yourself? Then? What was the first time you blogged, do you remember? I blogged for the state of Ohio, and did. I did probably, I don't know, 50 or so news or, um, blogs, set up blogs for different state agencies. And wow. um, then I was the webmaster for the Department of Natural Resources. I and love I that could title. See, yeah, <laughs> I was the cyber hostess for natural resources. But... <laughs> I, I could see the possibilities, and of course I was somewhat constrained by the bureaucracy. And so when I saw I could do it on my own, I did it. And did you so, think, I want to blog about, so you've been working with polymer clay. No. No. The reason I'm doing it is because I blogged about my children at first. Oh. And by this time, my children were becoming adults. And they came, They had a little come to Jesus with me, and they said, Mom, you cannot talk about us online anymore. <laughs> My son at that point was teaching on the university level, and uh, his, a student of his had come to him with a picture I posted <laughs> of him with his straws up his nose looking creepy. He said... I cannot have students bringing this stuff to me. So now, who who were you hoping was reading this? Anyone? I don't know. You didn't I really think care. Family about and family and friends. You know, I was just doing family and friends, and I was, you know, and I had a following. You know. Yeah, I mean, I followings just sort of happen. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you remember so, like the first time you realized someone read what you wrote and it was one person? You're like, oh, someone read this. <laughs> yeah, well, when when I was on Polymer Clay Daily at first, uh, I finally reached 1,000. Then I used to watch the numbers. Right. And I had 1,000 people. And I thought, okay, I've reached everyone who's ever touched Polymer. <laughs> and the number kept growing. And I thought, that can't be right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so where surprise. are these people coming from? Yeah. Surprise, so, surprise. Then I then you have to stop, you know. You have to stop looking at the numbers cuz it's silly. Yes. Yeah. But we all went through that. Well, I just think it's fascinating how we all started and moved on and we watched the numbers and then we don't watch the numbers and then I remember when we met way back and we were thinking what there was no way of making money. We were just doing a million hours a week for fun. <laughs> you and Susan Lamuto and me kind of cried on each other's shoulders. A little and bit. And tried to act like we were knew what we were doing. <laughs> well, we knew a li we knew as much as we knew we more did. than anyone else. We couldn't. There was no one else to ask. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you know, PayPal was just starting, and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I can relate. I felt the same way starting out there. You just wanted to start talking to people. Now, what do you think, looking back, what is the biggest jump that's happened in those eight years, looking back at the progress? What do you think is the major change? Well, 
for me, it's really been the global aspect. I know that gets kind. Of, I I'm sort of beating that dead horse here, but but you know when people started coming from Europe, right. it just uh, got bigger and bigger, and then you know there were venues for people to teach, and that became part of the you know what people did, and it, it that changed the whole complexion of things, and then. You know, here in the U.S., we got a little nervous about, oh my God, everything's happening in Europe. What's wrong with us? Mm. You know, so there's some competitiveness that kind of re-energized what's happening. I think. You mean so seeing what thing. people were doing with other artwork over there with their materials, right? Right. 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 But you were. Are you meaning what? Technically, what changed? No, all of the above. That's oh. exactly what yeah. I meant. Yeah. That I mean, I think that's a very good point. All of a sudden, it was easy to go see what people were doing other places, and it was like, wait a minute, what's going on over there? Yeah. And what yeah. what can I do to um, keep up with that? No, I think that is very interesting. Uh, globally, yes. I mean, I know when you've come on to teach from CraftCast, we had people from around the world, which makes – they do say the world is a small place, but you really feel it when you're online all together from around you the do. world. And I don't know whether I should say this online or not, but you know uh -oh, we had to right. we had to turn off China. I had so many malicious attacks coming from China that um, we finally just had to shut off China. I wasn't aware I could shut off China, but attacks. I, you mean yeah. people trying to comment on the blog? No, just um, you know ripping off all the content, um, just kind of gumming up the works because they were hitting me so hard. Oh, you mean just yeah. strictly saying, oh, here's where we'll get our content from, copy and paste and put it somewhere right. else. Right, right. Interesting. Well, I was going to talk about that later, but let's just address that right now. That's a big issue right now. Mm -hmm. It's a very big issue in the polymer world. I think more than, I hear it more in that world than other worlds. And why do you think that is? It's interesting that you bring it up that way. And China, like, what's up about that? I don't know. Um, but I, I will say it used to be that way. Now I'm getting back into the polymer world. Um, the, the, the Russian, it seemed that in the Russian area, they, were, they would take an, a design and copy it immediately. And it was, like, aggressive and immediate. And, right. In kind of in your face and put it and, for sale. You mean so you design and put it for sale. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but that seems to have changed now. After about a, I would say a year or two of really aggressive copying, it it slowed down, smoothed out, and they got their own vibe going. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, it's that may just be the the way things have to uh, the process that. The curve. That, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I know we have, there's been a lot of discussion about this, and, you know, it is part of all businesses. I mean, obviously, people, when they open a store, have to unfortunately build into, you know, shoplifting as far as in their bottom line as a percentage oh. that will occur. You know, I so. love that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so it is everywhere. The analogy. The, ana the analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that's how it is, you know. And so when I think about, you know, People, you never be able to stop it. You can just build it into your plan. Right. 
you right. know, it is how it goes. And then, right. you know, like you said, okay, now all of a sudden that's Well, and, off. you know, I, I kind of got myself into some trouble because Harriet um, Estelle Berman takes a different tack than I feel we should take. I mean, she's very, she's keenly aware of, you know, the theft that goes on, and mm -hmm. I agree, it does mm -hmm. go on. Mm -hmm. I think our community tends to be kind of shy anyway, and if you say, don't copy, don't copy, don't copy, there you scare people too much. Because mm -hmm. um, we have to copy. We do. I mean, I agree. that's part of art. So I don't quite have the same... I don't know, the same answer she came up with. Yeah. So. Well, I don't think there is one answer, so it's good to have all of them. But it right. does exist no matter what. It's not going away. It's just how you deal with it. Right. It'll never go away. So, you know, there'll always be someone who will copy and sell and will even think, oh, but I changed this, the color over here a little bit so it's not a copy. Right. So there will always right. be that. I, I think you can just educate people, and then they make different decisions. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I have an eye that's been looking at this stuff for eight years, and I don't usually get fooled. I mean, I can tell it, you know, 50 paces oh, yeah. Whose, yeah, yeah, yeah. whose work it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happens, but I don't think – I. this is my personal thing. I think it's more an emotional problem than it is sometimes a bottom line problem for a lot of people. Oh, um, bingo. Yeah, so I think that's right. That's a different ball right. of wax. And when you're in business, there's just reality bottom lines you just have to deal with as an accepted thing. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> did, did I tell you to say that in about this point? <laughs> well, now let's talk about some other stuff here. First of all, just fill yeah. people in who have never played with polymer before, um, or like me, who's made one bracelet that came out and one that caught on fire and I had to throw away the whole <laughs> oven. What it, what polymer is for people? Oh. No, you don't um, have to, not scientifically, but just explain the whole little bit of yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's a, a low-fire clay. Mm -hmm. that was originally developed in the 40s in Germany as a children's play toy and kind of enjoyed a resurgence back in the late 80s uh, when it was discovered by a bunch of artists, you know, Pierre Volkes, Tori Hughes, and others, who thought, ooh, we could use this like the glass people use, make millefiori, mm -hmm. make... Uh, Pattern, layered patterns. Right. So it, it's cured in a home oven. Um, it's inexpensive. It's plastic. It is, is plastic. the right. downside. But I love or plastic. Or the upside, depending yeah, really. on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. I love plastic. Um, but uh, so in the past, what, 25 years, it's enjoyed a... Um, really an explosion of energy and enthusiasm for it as people develop um, all kinds of new designs and have experimented and it's often called a chameleon clay because you can make it look like anything. You can make it look like, you know, jade or ivory or Well, that was the first or... thing I saw was Tori Hughes way back seeing pictures, I don't know, some book, and it was turquoise. And I remember staring at that thinking, how did she make pretend turquoise. Right. right. And that's kind of what gets people into it. You look at it and you think, how did you do that? Right. You know? 
Right. And it's really kind of a gateway drug to to artwork for a lot of people, you know, because it's cheap yeah. and it's easy. And somebody pointed out in uh, that if you had three hours on a loom, you wouldn't be a weaver. If you had three hours with watercolor, you'd be pretty pathetic. Right. Now, uh, three hours with most any craft. I mean, three Correct. hours with with uh, regular earth clay, and you'd you'd have your clay wedged, right? You know, but with polymer, you can jump in, and in your first class, you can walk home with something you can wear. So right, but not to confuse pretty... that with all the time you can put in to perfect your craft. Oh sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, but, you can walk but home. It's with immediate. Right. It the is immediacy immediate. is very seductive. Yeah, until it catches fire in the whole oven. <laughs> that was an immediate fire. <laughs> what can well, I say? And I have to go I back and watch your videos. My introduction to it was that I was helping my daughter, well, actually I was help playing with my daughter's dollhouse. And she was, what, under 10 at the time. And so we were making little food and stuff. Mm. And as I say, she gave up the dollhouse. I never gave up mm-hmm, home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I totally get that. You know, my son started podcasting when he was in college, and I started with it. And he, you know, three years later, I asked him some technical question. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mother. Leave me alone. He was so over that. <laughs> he was over it. <laughs> Was gone. Yeah, we just passed yeah. it all. Now, how much time? Now, let's talk about your time as an artist. I know how much time do you blog, and how much time do you get to make art? Oh, it you know it varies and depends on how grumpy I get. You from know, from there, either. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth, but and I used to feel guilty about that. I would think, oh my God, I haven't spent any time in the studio this right, week. Right. I am a fraud. Right. And then I thought, this this is my art too, and they really are part and parcel of yes. each other. So I'm I stopped beating myself up about that. Blogging so or writing and I, making art. Yeah, since the book, um, I've spent much more time <clears throat> on the computer and less time in the studio. Sorry. And then you go back to spending some time in the studio. When you when you've gotten grumpy enough on the computer, you go back to right, the right. Yeah. When I well, the problem is too that I look at all these ideas and I think, oh, I want to make one of those, mm-hmm. and oh, mm-hmm. gee, that suits me too. And so I it builds up until I can't stand it anymore. Right. I have to run in <laughs> to make something. So. <laughs> oh, I can relate to that very easily. Well, you brought up. Let's yeah. skip to your book a bit here because it's gorgeous it's polymer clay global perspectives it is either out or it's for pre-order um and you can get all the links on the craftcast site so not to worry about writing it down it is gorgeous i highly recommend it and not just because cynthia is listening right now but because it's a beautiful book and you can go to polymerclayglobal.com oh right right i would definitely do that that looks really fun um this was a big undertaking i remember when you started this and you were afraid you were not going to come out of your room for a long time (laughs) and I was right (laughs) and you were right and you did it and you did a beautiful job and it's a nice mix of projects history amazing photographs you had fun doing this right I did I did it was you know the writing part of it was pretty scary but How, how so tell people like who are thinking about doing a book what your biggest fear was and and what came to pass 
Well, you know, you just see on the contract that you have 30,000 words due to us on March 1st. <laughs> and you think, how am I going to do that? <laughs> Did you do the thing where you divide up the number of words by the number of days so you knew how many words you had to write every day and every hour? That's what I, I would do. I tried that. I tried that, and then I wouldn't write for a week, and I think, oh, my God. Now I you have, have to, to redo it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But and and the editors thought that I knew a lot more than I actually knew, or so I thought. You know, they would say, "Tell us how are things in Brazil," and I would think, "Brazil? I don't know anything about Brazil, or China, or what about the Japanese?" And I think, "I don't know everything." Right. You know, so. but, but I would I would do instant research. I was going to say, out, yeah. yeah yeah, I mean, you're a research queen, so. And yeah. let's talk about that. When you do, I know I'm a techno person, but I'm not a research queen. I go to people like you because I know you've already done that work. I'm not going to do that. I can't do any more of it. So <laughs> you come up and I read your wonderful newsletter, your Studio Mojo, and you'll have all these mm -hmm. ideas and apps and things that are going on. Does that something that just comes so naturally to you that it's effortless, or do you really have to work in finding all that information and finding new stuff? Well, the audience has, helps me a great deal now. So They send you things. Uh, yeah, they send things in. And, you know, I just I have everything on a feed. Right. Um, and I skim through at lightning speed. I probably look at maybe a 1,000 or so sites a day. But that's at lightning speed. And so I have a good gut, you know. Right. When I see something, I think, ah, there it is. There it is. Grab yeah. it. Yeah. And I try not to look at names or countries or any of that. Right. But do it simply on a visceral level. Right. Well, that makes sense. And especially to be able to yeah. do it fast. Yeah. I looked at my feed the other day and it was something like 4,000 new entries. And, you know, I'm like, ugh. I know. I can't. I, I had to turn the numbers off again because it scared me. Oh, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a lot to edit. But it is, you do enjoy it, I can tell, because you come up with great things. I do. It's a little, you know, people are always talking about, is it an addiction? You know, like Pinterest is like crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to give myself, okay, you can, you have 15 minutes, that's all you get. Yeah. So. Well, when you're doing business and everything you sort of have to do it that way too yeah yeah you can't just you know go on to that a bender but I do love it but you want to talk about a research queen you talk about Susan Lamuto then I know she, she is, is too the one who can do it oh yeah daily art muse finds things I think where is she looking yeah 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 I think she set it up so it comes to her as well you know so you get all mm -hmm. those um you know, you get good at doing that. Yeah. No, listen, right. you want to find research people. It's a unique talent. Um, I, I don't I don't have that talent. Mine like other places. <laughs> oh, you do. I you don't. Do, do. I find it from people like you. But now what was your um, your goal? Did you have like a goal overall when you were doing your book? Did you go at the end of this, I want people to have fill in the blank? Um. I wanted them to feel like they could, um, they could try something. Um, they could 
it was accessible. I wanted them to have that, the feel that it was accessible, but at the same time, I wanted them to feel it was credible, that it was artistic, that it, that it, um, that it was not just plastic, but that it was uh, an art form. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to see it as an art form. Sure. And I was pleased when I showed my daughter the cover. She said, "Oh, mom, I think it makes me want to play again." I, I agree. Thought, All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So. And it's been around long enough now that I don't think you go, oh, polymer. You just want to work in something. It's not, it's not, um, I don't know, it's become more, not generic, but more. Oh, well, it's cross-pollination. We have, and, and that's one of the things in the book is that people are coming from fibers. Right, right, right. glass. And you're combining everything. Oh. Yes, there, there's lots more cross-pollination than there used to be. Right. Uh, some of the Craftcast classes, we have that. We're putting together, you know, clay with metal clay, with polymer clay as tidbits. Um, one of your artists is coming on to teach one of her heart things, a mixture of paper arts, polymer clay arts, all of the above. Right. And you know, one thing I never would have thought eight years ago, I knew that polymer artists were looking at glass, they were looking at fibers. But it never dawned on me that at some point the tables would be turned. And, you know, like you look at cakes today, you know, that the whole cake movement. And, you know, they're looking at polymer. They're looking at the techniques we have developed to put them on cakes. And vice versa. I mean, yeah, there's a Craftcast recording that is a wonderful stylist, Jason um, uh, Schreiber from Manhattan, who shows how to make three incredible flowers. He's using sugar mm -hmm. paste, but you could do the same techniques to get that look in polymer or metal clay. Right. Similar tools. Right. You know, it's like where you want to do it next. How do you want to express yourself and bring it in there? Right. So there's a lot more crossover. And that's another thing in the book is that the chapters are divided into like big things, small things, uh, you know, installations. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. um, oh, geez, of course, I can't remember. I'm looking at uh, it right now. But, Artwork, um, sort of animated things. Mixed all the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful things to Characters, wear. you know, sculpture. Right. So I kind of wanted to show that it doesn't have to be just earrings either. Right, right. You know? No, you certainly can do a wide variety of things. So do you think, where do you think polymer like is headed next, we certainly can see where it came from, which was co purely copying other materials when it was the faux bone. No, not faux bone. Right. I'm sorry. When we started with the, what um, Tori used it with faux turquoise. And I think she right. did do a faux bone at first. That was the two things sure. I saw. Yeah. yeah. Which is coming back because, mm -hmm. you know, but where do you think it might go next? Well, pray tell. Did you look into your I magic see. ball? Yeah, well, I would predict. A couple of things, I think, I'm I'm just mesmerized when I see the 14-year-olds in the Czech Republic or 16-year-olds mm -hmm. mm -hmm. with their own line of polymer, and they, they have taken this and are off and running. And I hope that's going to happen in the U.S. too, that we have more kids getting into it. Interesting. Um, so, uh, but I think it's just, it's going to, it's going to be even more into mixed media. There will be more mixed media mm -hmm, acceptance mm -hmm. of it. 
Um, and, you know, I have kind of an artificial constraint when I talk about my stuff because it's, I look at only polymer or mostly polymer items. Um, but I think most people working in it today just think it's another tool in your toolbox. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. it's not, they don't think of themselves as polymer artists. They think of themselves of, as artists who happen to use polymer. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we'll move more in that direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I guess it'll get diluted a little bit, but I think that's a good thing because we'll be more accepted into the whole um, art community, yeah. the bigger art world. No, I agree with you. I think that is. But as I'm talking to you, I'm looking through the book and I just caught one bead and I'm like, that's interesting. It's granny squares. Oh, and who did it? But you, my dear. <laughs> I know. Well, that's there's, the story behind that is I love granny scare, scare, squares. I don't even know why, but I do. And I thought, oh, I think I learned crochet. And another, the, the devil on the other side said, are you kidding me? You're not going to learn to crochet. <laughs> and so we met in the middle, and I thought, okay, I'll make it in polymer. Oh, you're so, so cute. Well, next time we meet, I'll show you how to crochet. It's very easy. It won't oh, take any time at all. Okay, I'm left-handed. I, I, okay, I'm well, dyslexic still. when it comes to oh. crochet. Well, then you'll be a double threat challenge then. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you could do it. I just sort of know you. Well, I don't want to stop talking though without, leave our talk here without talking about your project in Nepal. Do you want to just fill people in about that a bit so that they're aware of that? Oh, that's a fabulous story. Yeah, uh, I hardly know where to begin anymore. But um, I'm, it started with Wendy Moore in Australia, who loves Nepal. And she had a project she was working with for women uh, who had been victims of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And um, she was there with her husband, who was teaching in a medical school. And so she was working with this women's project. And so... She, <sighs> I don't know, we just started talking and I said, I, I don't know how I can help you, but I can do a website for you. So I did a website for them and then it just sort of snowballed. They, they, she started teaching them polymer, mm -hmm. not because she wanted to, but because it would sell to the fair trade vendors. So she and was teaching so them a skill to make money. They would, yes, exactly. Right. And then... Uh, it has grown since then. We had a project last year and continuing this year to build them a building, um, which is, it's just remarkable how little money make, can make such a big difference mm -hmm. in, in Nepal. Mm -hmm. um, so they needed $10,000 for a building. Wow. Um, so because they moved, the project had been moved, uh, I think, six times in six years. You know, the landlord would see that they were doing pretty, they were doing okay and would raise the rent, mm -hmm. you know, classic stuff. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, they're, so they're building their own building. They are um, being distributed by KazuriWest.com, Kazuri Beads in the U.S. They have, they're in galleries in Australia. They're on Etsy. That's um, great. You know. And yeah, where, if people have, want to take a look at that, what website should they go to? And I'll make sure it's on the Craftcast site as well. Um, they should go to a colorfuljourney.com. Okay. 
So you can list that. Or they can get to it from Polymer Clay Daily in the right-hand column. Okay. There's always we'll a link there. We'll put links there. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But And so Ron LaHockey uh, in Kentucky got involved. And and so I, I was over. I went to Nepal in 2011 to meet them and to see them and and to really find out where the money was going to and mm -hmm. what it what it was doing and I would it was so gratifying mm. and so next year when the building is up um, we're hoping to go back again isn't that great all from polymer clay yeah yeah and these women you could see that once they they called themselves an artist and everyone in the village said oh the they are the artists you know they what? went up so much I mean yeah. their self-esteem yes. rose their you know, they're standing in the community rows. They stood up for themselves, were able to stand up for themselves because they could make money and they had the stamina to do that. There it is all in a nutshell. Yeah. And that's that's one of the very coolest things about what's happened in the years that we've been blogging as far as global. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's still magic to me. I mean, when things bounce, you know, when, when I put up something and the next day I can see that it's been picked up in, you know, Spain and Russia and, mm -hmm. you know, France. It's pretty magic. It is. It is. I agree with you. It's all that magic stuff. Well, I knew it would be fun chit-chatting with you again. Here we are, a bunch of years later, having fun yeah. still. Who knew? With the whole but thing. you know, uh, I, I will say that I found that newsletter that said in 1996 I was talking about the worldview of polymer. 96? How did I know that? Because you're smart. You know? No, I don't know. Be careful what you say. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back to haunt you. <laughs> yes. Like, especially when you say things like, yes, I'd like to write a book. Yeah, really. Really. <laughs> <laughs> At three o'clock in the morning, you're kicking yourself yeah. forever having said that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think I remember. No, it was you a good thing that. to do, and I'm I'm actually quite proud of it. You should be. It's gorgeous. I'm going to tell everyone again. The Thanks. title is Palmer Clay Global Perspectives. It's fabulous. You can get a link over at uh, Palmer Clay Daily. Uh, you can get a link. The name of the website again, Cynthia, for the. Uh, Polymer Clay Global. Okay, there you go. Dot com. Dot com, yeah. and of course, the craftcast site dot com, where you can get all that information. Well, thank you very much, darling. Well, thank you. It's always fun to talk to you. <laughs> bye, Allison. Bye, bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that chit-chat with Ms. Cynthia Tinapple. Uh, make sure you go over to her site as well, the Palmer Clay Daily site. Lots of great inspiration, and I highly recommend you sign up for her uh, Mojo Studio, Studio Mojo, rather, newsletter. Uh, you know, it is filled with fun stuff every week that's happening in the art world, the app world all kinds of fun stuff. So you can check that out. And you can even order that through the craftcast.com uh, site with a video. So uh, go over there and look under recordings. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. 
And if you want today's bonus material, Ms. Tinapple shares with all of us her best advice for getting your first book published, especially in the crafting world. You can get that bonus material on the Craftcast app. Oh, and it sort of leads me right into the ET, the entertaining thought section of the show today, which uh, a word that's been coming up a lot recently and I love, which is editing, the importance of editing. But I'm going to back up just slightly before editing and first also include before that playing. So in order to edit your work, you really have to allow yourself to play and I was talking earlier in the show about gardening. You know, I had to be willing to make a mess out of it, then realize that I could edit and sort of bring back my own voice again. So I just want to remind myself, and I share it with all of you, that um, playing a lot of times means willing to make something (laughs) really ugly, really nasty. You sort of have to go there. You just have to go the distance. You know now you've gone too far. You're playing with a new supply. You wanted to see how something worked. You wanted to see a pattern, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think you ha- we have to allow ourselves to go to that ugly place um, to really experiment and play. Otherwise, you won't have anything to edit with. So just a reminder that that is part of the creative process. Uh, there's plenty of times I have made something really nasty, and I learn just as much from that uh, as things that I've made that I truly love. And there's something really, um, really satisfying and humbling and, and all that to, to go for that. Uh, I was teaching at Beaten Button, which was lovely, this past uh, May. And in preparation for teaching a particular bracelet, a patina bracelet, uh, I pushed the envelope to make them as ugly as I could. I know that sounds crazy because your our um, intuitive ad- advice is uh, to make something how pretty it can look to show everyone. But I really wanted to be familiar with how nasty on the other side I could make something because I really felt I could, uh, I'd been there. So then I could give advice for people who maybe went down the road that was making something, were making something that wasn't coming out great and how to bring it back. So I'm just there. That's my little piece I'm sharing today. Uh, Play and go to the ugly place, bring it back, and then you have the wonderful um, freedom to edit. Edit your work afterwards. Edit edit the pictures you get taken of your photographs. Edit the pieces you want to show, you want to teach, etc., etc. So I say go for the ugly, darn it. Go for it. So there you go. I want to thank today's guest, Ms. Cynthia Tinapple, who's doing fabulous work. Go check out her site, Palmer Clay Daily, as well as her book, You Will Love It. Uh, And I want to tell all you uh, who are listening, there's still some great shows coming up live uh, through July at the craftcast.com site. If you're listening before July 4th, uh, you can take advantage of using the coupon code uh, July 13, and you'll get 20% off all your purchases. That coupon code is good through July 8th. You will enjoy many things there that you can learn, great projects. And that's it for this week. And you know what I've got to say to all of you. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen. You can learn to create something new. It starts inside you.